everyone, welcome to the Micon Podcast, uh, where we amplify the voices that matter. I'm Sean Wakimbalue, your host. The Micon Podcast operates independently of my weekday show on China's television, which is Politics Today, as well as the weekend edition, The Sunday Politics. Today, we're touching on the heart of the matter that has gripped our nation, Nigeria, with placards held high and songs of solidarity echoing across state. Nigerians are taken to the streets to protest the soaring cost of living, and it seems there may be more protests in the coming days. The numbers are stark. In January alone, the inflation rate surged to 29.9%, marking its highest point since 1996. So what's driving this upward spiral? It's primarily the cost of food and non-alcoholic beverages, essentials that are becoming increasingly out of reach for many Nigerians. It's not just a matter of statistics. It is a story of real people grappling with one of the most severe economic crises the nation has faced in years. Anger fueled by hunger simmers in the streets, in homes, and in the hearts of ordinary Nigerians. In the face of this crisis, the question looms, can President Tunubu tame these rising waves of discontent? Can he be able to calm the storm tonight i'll be speaking with two gentlemen one i've had a conversation with earlier and we shall be asking questions on the labor organizations in the country and their contributions to the manner in which uh these old things have gone in the past few weeks when the labor had accused the federal government of not being truthful and not being uh, uh, circumspect in fulfilling some of the agreements signed in an mou since october last year and so there's another letter has surfaced which has said that the attorney general is already asking that the lawyers to the labor to tell labor to be warned about going ahead on street protests and these are the issues that we'll be looking at now. This protest, the rising cost of commodity. In fact, just last week, uh, the prices of some of the commodities that we displayed for you, just in one week, it has gone up. Pure water. <laughs> the prices went up from just last week, just in one week. Things are growing. We talk about this all tonight. And those of you who are joining us, welcome to the show. Let me play for you the conversation I had with the president of the, uh, of the Trade Union Congress, Comrade Festus Osifo, who by now will be in transit and is unable to join us live. But we had a conversation which we pre-recorded before I allow my other guest, uh, Comrade Deji Adeyonju, who is a lawyer and a rights activist, will be joining us uh, after that uh, pre-recorded conversation with Comrade Osifo. Take a listen to our conversation earlier. Good evening. Yeah. Good evening, Sheo. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on the, the Micon podcast. I know you are in transit, and it might be difficult to track you down after this moment, but it's important for us to have this conversation, uh, especially because of the plans that Labour has in the coming days. You've given the federal government uh, a 14-day ultimatum, which I think uh, we might be entering into the final uh, hours or final days of that ultimatum to perform all you will now down to with your members. Where are we at on that plan? 
Uh, yes, it was um, it was correct that we we issued an ultimatum to federal government about um, about fourteen days ago. So when we the, the reason we issued that ultimatum was because uh, the the um, the agreement that we reached with the federal government on the second of October, uh, as at that time, nothing has been implemented. Uh, so for us, outside the inauguration of the minimum wage committee, so we looked at it, we we appraised the situation, and we felt that no, we need to get government to to be much more serious. Uh, but uh, since we issued that ultimatum, a lot has actually changed as well. Uh, because uh, number one, if you um, the last time that uh, we had the conversation, we actually said that the, there are low hanging fruits in there that the 35,000 Naira um, wage award, that it was paid for just one month. And in some instances, it was paid for about two months. But as we speak today, they have paid literally all the federal workers about four months. And uh, we have confirmed that majority of the federal workers have received four months. What that means is that within the last 14 days, uh, they, have paid, um, they have paid extra three months in some cases, why in other cases they've paid extra two months are uh, bringing it to about four months uh that uh, has been done uh, but we have also told them that paying four months that means september october november december that we still have january outstanding and february is just rolling into it now which is also assured that by um by next week that they are also planning to pay that of january then also, um, if you look at that communique that was signed on the 2nd of October, uh, they were supposed to, uh, it, it, it was supposed to be a consent judgment. Uh, they were supposed to take that document to court and get it notarized. Uh, but um, that wasn't done. But immediately we issued the ultimatum. They have actually done that as well. They, have, they, they, they took the document to court. So the attorney general uh, took it to court. So the attorney general signed. The Honorable Minister of State Labor signed. So uh, Comrade Ajero signed, and I myself have also signed as well. So that document today, it, uh, it, um, we have that uh, court consent. Then also on the issue that is bordering of visitation of refinery, you know, it was one of the issues that was also outstanding. Uh, that has also been done today. Um, last week, um, a team from uh, Labor, uh, met with government where we raised the issue and the visitation has also been done. I think that visitation took place on Wednesday or Wednesday last week. So since we issued the 14 days ultimatum, there have been some traction from government in that regard. Uh, so um, the plan from our side in TUC is that by Monday, we are going to have a meeting that when we have that meeting on Monday, we will appraise the situation and we'll define the new, uh, I mean, the direction with which we will go. I, I don't know if uh, you've seen the letter uh, from the Office of the Attorney General um, to the lawyers of the Labour, uh, Mr. Femi Fallon asking that uh, if Labour should go ahead with their protest that it will be in contravention of the ongoing agreement or the uh, the conversations between labor and the federal government i don't know if you have seen that letter 
Uh, yes, I, I learned about it. Um, uh, the my secretary, uh, the secretary of TUC, just drew my attention to it. The secretary general uh, that a particular letter was sent out. Uh, but again, uh, just as we do, we are also uh, we will have some in, um, interactions with our lawyers and we'll define we'll define the best way forward. Mm. Yeah. But Would again, you, again, yeah. government also they have a duty to also honor the agreement that was reached. So if you breach your own path then it could not be difficult for you to tell the other party not to also take some actions. So could it be correct to say that before the 14-day ultimatum given to the federal government, they were lagging and they were inactive to perform the spirit and the letters of the agreement? Is that right? Very correct. Very correct. But it does look like, from what you have explained, that since you came out and gave that warning, and the federal government has reasonably moved and uh, went in, uh, swung into action. Is that right? Yes, very correct. Very now, correct. The federal government is saying in the paragraph five of the letter from the Attorney General's office says that that they have substantially and reasonably complied with the items in the MOU, and it is only appropriate and equitable for organized labor to engage more with government to ensure the full implementation of same. Do you agree with that statement? Uh, yes, for us, uh, if you ask us to look at that um, the MOU today, we could score them somewhere around 50-55% or thereabouts. Uh, but before the ultimatum was given, I could say that um, the score would be nothing less than, nothing more than 10%. Uh, so in the last 14 days, uh, because again, uh, we demand government to always say the truth, we demand from government, we push them hard to do what is right. So when they also make some moves, it's also incumbent on us, uh, for us to also say it, uh, because a meeting, they called for a meeting in the Ministry of Labor uh, last week. So the representative from TUC, we went for that conversation where we looked at a list. What have you done? Where are we today? And I could say that to, a reason, to some extent, they have made some move. If we had issued that ultimatum and they refused to move whatsoever, it could have been something different. But I will tell you that really they have made some move because as I went ultimatum was issued, one more salary, one more wage award was paid in some cases. Then in some other instances they would they paid two. But today they've reasonably paid four and all that. So uh, for us. Uh, to a large extent, uh, to some extent, I would say large extent, but to some extent, there are some level of movement as we speak today. But we are going to appraise all this by Monday, and we will uh, will communicate to our to our members. Is it true that the TUC was not uh, in agreement with the uh, the NLC on the two day warning strike uh, protest? Uh, no, no. Um, like, uh, Shil, what we have always said, you know, TUC is a labor center. NLC at all is a labor center. So what we normally do is that both parties need to discuss on the way forward. So when I want to carry out a strike or when, when TUC wants to carry out a strike or a protest, what we normally do is that we reach out to NLC. So both parties will sit down. We will agree on the dates, we will agree on the modalities, then we will not go to our neck and we will drive the process. Uh, but in this case, we were shocked and we were surprised. The same way everybody saw it in the media, that was how we also saw it. And we, we now had to write a protest letter to our sister uh, Congress that, no, this is not the best way we go about it. That letter was really a letter written um, to the Congress, uh, to the NLC president, but 
because we placed it, we also informed some of our net members. I think the information now went out to the press. So uh, for us, it's about the process. Uh, both parties, that is how we have been driving processes together. That is how we have been solidarizing together. Uh, but in this case, um, uh, our sister Congress, you know, took that decision without consulting us. And we have also made without without consulting with you. Yes, correct. But they have also responded to us trying to make one or two clarifications or, or an explanation. But be rest assured that in the coming days, both parties will sit down together and iron whatsoever gray area that is there. So, so for TUC us, we will not go not on that any... warning strike. Uh, no, as I, like I said, that uh, the NAC of TUC is going to meet on Monday. So when we meet on Monday, uh, we will evaluate all the situations vis-a-vis uh, -vis the letter we sent out and also the, the, the response from our sister Congress. We will look at it and we will communicate to Nigerians by Monday. All right, then. That was our conversation with the Trade Union Congress President, Comrade Fastos Osifo. Let's uh, take the conversation. Let's push the conversation forward. I'm being joined by Comrade um, Deji Adeyanju. joins us live here in our studio. Thank you so much, uh, Comrade Adeyanju, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Are you feeling, you don't, you don't look like someone who is feeling the, the pinch of the hardship. I'm not feeling it at all. <laughs> uh, because I, I, I prepared for this. I knew this was going to happen. It was in this studio, I warned Nigerians that hell is coming. Hell is coming. And many supporters of Labour Party uh, PDP and APC disagreed with me, you know, here, right here in this studio, you know, so I saw hell coming and I prepared. What do you mean by hell? I'm ready for seven more years of Tinobu's hell. I'm prepared to face the hell. What do you and mean? What do you mean by hell? I, when you say hell, what does that mean? Yes, when I say hell, Nigeria is a, like a burning furnace at the moment. The poor can barely breathe. And this man came with the promise that he wants the poor to breathe. The Tinubu is practically suffocating the life out of every citizen of this country. Whether you are rich or poor, this is the first time in the history of Nigeria where you find both the elite and the poor, they are complaining in unison because the problem of the rich is even from that of the poor. The problem of the, in fact, Tinubu, in nine months, Tinubu has practically eradicated the middle class. You know, and the middle class used to be a buffer for the ruling elite in the country. Because it is the middle class that you see they form big girls and big girls in the club. How many times have you ever seen, have you seen since Bala Blue came, came in, have you seen people shut down clubs in Nigeria? Even the club's owners are tired of business. They are running out of business. So, and you, to buy a ticket, a plane ticket that the middle class used to do, oh, let me just quickly go to Lagos and just unwind. To buy a one-way plane ticket from Abuja to Lagos is almost 100 and something thousand naira. So, Tinubu indeed is destroying Nigeria, no doubt. Anyone that tells you anything contrary, you know, it's been economically the truth. So, I knew this was going to happen. I warned two years ago that dollar is going to get close to 2,000. People mocked me because uh, the Buari regime, they balkanized the economy. They turned the economy to uh, about uh, favor favoritism, uh, religious and ethnic jingoism, you know, so, and that is why we are where we are today. But Tinubu has come, and he has worsened the plight of the Nigerian nation but, but by bringing Babasokwe economists to come around the economy. Who are the Babasokwe economists? Look at the person that is in CBN, a CBN governor. 
that man should not be running a microfinance bank in Alimosho. What do you mean? He, is, he has a reputation in the sector. He's being... Yeah, a, he has a reputation of running down two banks. He, this man ran two, two banks to the ground. So is that not a reputation? The only reason why that man would be in CBN is because of Babasokwe, Babasokwe and Ngbati Bati politics. If not, people like that... See, Sheung, a developed nation, advanced nation like America cannot afford to have mediocre like that in terms of its economy. You call it Yemika Doso a mediocre? Yes, with Indomie. He has Indomie in his brain. With, no, that's, that's unfair to say. I mean, that, and that's derogatory. In the, in the last nine months, the last nine months, he has shown that it is Indomie that is in his brain. No, no, no. That's unfair to, for you to say to, to, to a man who has paid his dues, who's had that kind of yeah, education, who has, paid who has his worked dues hard. In Babasakwe politics. Yes. He has paid his dues. The, you li- don't think he has li- the capacity, listen. the educational qualification, the, the professional reputation to be able to run the CBN? Is that what you're so, saying? So why don't we appoint people in the universities to run CBN? If running CBN is about paper qualification. So what do you think, he, who, who do you think it could have been best for to run the CBN? If, so, there are so many qualified people. People who lobbied, who lobbied Tinubu, but Tinubu refused to. Qualified and competent people who are Converse. A man was commissioner 20 something years ago. He has lost touch with reality. He doesn't even understand the context of running the Apex Bank in the country. The man in, CB, in uh, Minister of Finance doesn't even understand the complexity of the dynamics of economics of nowadays. These people were Ashiwaju's people who were his commissioners, who are not even mindful. Listen, running a nation is not about politics or about loyalty. It's not a reward system. You cannot be doing a reward system with the finances and the economy of a battered nation like Nigeria. Look at how badly Buhari destroyed this country. Okay, look at the trajectory of how our economy has suffered. We moved from the top of the top, Anungozo Kwenjewela. We came to Sadia. Then now we are back to this, where the CBN governor, the, sorry, the Minister of Finance, what are even his responsibilities? What are his responsibilities? Uh, uh, that is where you will know whether a Wale Edun, which, who, who I, I, I believe is competent in terms of paper qualification. Do you understand? That is when you even know whether he knows he, he, the terms and reference of his job. Look at the man came out, to, was it yesterday or two, day, two days ago, and said that he wants to now be involved in uh, cash transfer. Is that the work of a Minister of Finance, somebody that's supposed to coordinate economic development matters, somebody that's supposed to focus on budget policy and advice and processes, someone that's supposed to be involved in budget preparation, someone that should be concerned about debt management of the economy and of the nation. And they are, look at the kind of outrageous things that we, are, we have been doing. It, we continued from where Buhari balkanized Nigeria and where Buhari stopped. You have bo- Nigeria is spending money that it does not have. If if a Wale Kado, a, a, a Wale Edu knows what, what he's doing, will he allow that kind of budget for National Assembly? But I mean, this is the man you're referring to that the 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 economy, the GDP uh, grew. Uh, the Q4 there was there was a positive in the Q4 of 2023. I mean, you are talking about. Uh, a government that says, look, we're making some policies do, 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 that might cause immediate hardship, mm. but in the end, 
there is going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. Buhari said more because things me. are bad. When Buhari came, Buhari said things first have to get bad before they, they get better. Buhari left Nigeria completely balkanized. Do you sincerely believe, Cheung, that the Nigerian economy is growing? Do you sincerely believe? Does does he Wale does he believe that Nigerian economy is going or they are torturing and doctoring statistics? But, but the indices of the Q4 says otherwise, AJ. And that is, this is what I always say about this country. That all we do here is doctor statistics and torture them in the process. Critically speaking, critically speaking, have these people, have they managed the monetary policy of this country well or the fiscal policy? They have not in the last nine months. Nigeria is worse off. We are spent, the, the major problem is you, you look, look, you, at, look, at them, you, look at them try can to you police their dollar. Can you sincerely blame a government that just spent nine months in office? Yes, they are, told, they, they, are, they are not the main cause of our problems, especially our economic problems. They, they are to blame for the way the situation has become worsened. In the last nine months, this is why, this is why it's always important to get the best brains involved, especially people that are conversant. Tinubu had won the election. Approach someone like Ngozi Okonjo-Wela. In, in, in the economic sector in the world, it's like a, a cult where if you don't know these people, they will have problem in bringing resources into your country. Consult an Ngozi Okonjo-Wela. Definitely she will not come. Tell her, I said, in this sector, please, who can you advise us? Because this is, a, this is our nation we are talking about. Are you, are, you, are you thinking that things are, have gotten out of hand? Yes. I mean, you, you don't think that the government is able and capable to be able to tame the rising or the spiral effect of the manner in which things are going in the economy? Is that what you're saying? I, I think they've completely lost control. And that is why you can see that they are now catching our straws. Because, come on, which nation in the world will want to use gun to control its, its, uh, its economy? That's what they're currently doing. They are cutting trees in zone four to control the economy. What they are using by, guns. What do you mean by that? Yes. They want to arrest the economy. The idea of Wale Edo and Yemeka Doso is to use the barrel of a gun to run the economy. And it can never work. It will never work. And, and that is to show you that they have completely lost control. And they are not in charge of the economy. Additionally, I must add that the management of a nation's economy goes beyond lip service. We, in this country today, Sheung, we have no reason why the CBN, the Ministry of Finance, should be policing the dollar. You don't think that there are those who, uh, those who are actually uh, sabotaging the economy, those who are hoarding dollars, those who are inflating, uh, those who are manually uh, 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 controlling the the FX market in the parallel market, you don't think that they need to be tamed? They yeah. need to be sent out of business. All the people doing these things that you have alleged, they are in Asurok, they are in CBN, they are Ministry of Finance. The biggest owners and operators of BDC in Nigeria, they are in CBN. All the directors in CBN, they operate BDC. What are we talking about? Who? Corruption is the reason why the, the, our legal tender, the Naira, is becoming as worthless as tissue paper. Is it not strange that 
our legal tender has become more, more worthless than the West African CFA. In just nine months, in nine months. So what are we talking about? Corruption. When they share facts, governors immediately change their loot to dollars. You may not have facts to prove, I mean, to, uh, to, 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 to defend what you're saying. Do you have facts? Uh, governors are actually using... Will the, yeah, governors, will the governors call me to say, did you come and help us to change our loot into dollars? Everybody knows. It's like going to say a, a man must go to the toilet. Corruption is the reason why our, our legal uh, tender is worthless in Nigeria. They talk about, I, I hear the former uh, CBN governor and this current CBN governor saying that it is Nigerians that uh, have taste for foreign products. That's why they not Naira is losing value. That's why there's so much demand on the, on the dollar. 2021, 2022, 2023. Almost 70% of the forex that CBN gave out was given to Dangote and Boa. Are those Nigerians? How many Nigerians even have the connection or the capacity to secure forex in CBN? The entire process is fraught, is, is fraught with fraud, with man-no-man, with corruption. And these Lagos boys that have come, they have reorganized CBN to such, in such a way that CBN is more like a Lagos Island agency now. Change most directors, replace them with Yorubas. And all they are doing there is Babasokwe politics. They are not doing anything focused on economy. They are doing plain politics in CBN. Just give me a moment, uh, DG. Uh, let me bring in a few people on the space so that we can uh, get to hear uh, what other Nigerians are feeling and what they think. Uh, let me get, uh, bring in uh, at Folabi Malambati side. If you're ready, uh, let's get your view. Your mic is on. Go ahead, please. Thank you, uh, and thank you, Deji. Uh, in fact, for the first time in a, in forever, I, 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 I couldn't agree more with most of the things uh, Deji is saying here. So, the, the, the reality on ground now is that um, uh, only two things are, are, are in front of us. One of them is the fact that the IGR of government has gone up. Clearly, we can all see that. The other side of it is extreme poverty. Unstable economic environment and an uncertain future. Forget all this uh, analysis that these people are making. It seems as though this government is not looking at Nigerians at all. They just go ahead to implement any policies that either IMF and the World Bank has told them. And they have a very, you know, this is just recklessness. I've listened to the CBN governor, and I've also listened to Wally Edo. People say he's smart and all of that. But these guys are uninspiring. You know, when you hear them, you realize that they don't understand how complicated these issues are. Right? I listen to both of them. Yes, they seem to have an idea about what is going on on the surface. They, they seem not to understand that these policies are actually going to cause permanent damage to some Nigerians and to some aspect of this economy. So they need to change. And I also believe that, you see, there's no political will to really fight this battle. Look, Ayo Oyalo was on your station. I think you were the one that anchored that program. He said clearly, that some banks are sitting on seven billion US dollars. He said it. In fact, he almost mentioned named some of those banks. What are we doing about it? And how come uh, what's it called crude theft, insecurity? 
these are some of the major issues. See, these are some of the problems that we have that are really, really making everything look. No matter the policy that you make and you, you know, re, you know, reject the economy, if the insecurity still persists, nobody will come to you. There has to be a sustainable solution to all of. But we're not seeing this thing. So let me wrap up on this note. I think this government is making one mistake. They have misinterpreted subsidy removal as more revenue for government to spend. But that is not correct. The people who are talking about subsidy removal is what they are saying is that that is not a sustainable way to spend money. Take it out of how you are spending now and look for a more sustainable way to spend it. But what we have seen is that they've removed subsidy and now FAC has gone up. And what we are even hearing from unconfirmed reports is that some of this fact is what is con contributing to uh, you know, the narrow devaluation. Because research has now shown clearly that anytime FAC is paid, narrow devaluation happens plus or minus one week after that. So you see, the, the reality is that if you are asking for what, what we need to protest for, I think we need to tell the government to be realistic with us. We need to tell the government to stop the inefficiency. We need to ask the government not to use Nigeria to gain legitimacy of whoever, whether the world, whoever it is. It is what it is that we have the government the way we have them. All right. Let them do what is right by the people. Mm -hmm. Thank All you right. very much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Let, let me yeah. get uh, yet another person at Brighty Bitoye, First Light uh, 2025 on, on, on X. Your mic is on. Please go ahead. Um, uh, thank you, Shell. Um, thank you, um, DG. Uh, listen, um, DG, um, I disagree with a couple of things you said, um, hitting the streets. If there is any most irresponsible organization I've seen in the history of Nigeria is Nigerian Labor Congress. If you don't know, I will tell you. Nigerian Labor Congress put some of us into a lot of issues when they asked us to subscribe for a housing system and they swallowed our money. For 10 years, we've been chasing them. That's by the way. In any case, when you say people should hit the street, please, I'm asking, when you hit the street, is it that after two days' protest, the entire problem that Nigeria is having will just disappear into thin air? And I've also seen that everybody just pay attention to the center. What happens to the state governors that are gawking in billions every, every month? Delta state budget, a fact, has risen from 15, 17 billion to 35 billion. As little as Bayesa is, 28 local government, they are earning about 19 to 20 billion a month. Nobody is calling out the state governors. Is it, is it going to be a crime if any of the state governors start spending 2 billion to subsidize food in their states? Why do we just why do you just narrow our thinking because we don't like the center and then we'll narrow the entire problem like is the state is the center that controls the local government is the center that controls the councillor is the center that controls the governors the governors that are living large what are you saying you are concerned about what Fabio said but you are not concerned about a governor that decided to spend a 36 billion naira a 32 billion naira on a 6 kilometer road you are okay with it but then you are complaining about the center. What kind of what kind of thinking do we have in this country? We have governors. Governors need to first take care of their children. Their children is to feed the state. 
if you're going to spend two billion, three billion a month to subsidize food in your state, the inflation that we're discussing today will go down by half. So join what the center is doing. Haven't the center giving the same state governors money? And then we, con we continue to think that the whole problem, the bullet should come from the center. Please, guys, mm. let's be realistic to wow. ourselves. If we protest now, can the, this protest, even if you go for one week, after three days, I can bet you the same Nigerians that ask you to go to the street, we ask you they don't want to go to the street again because the hunger we are talking about is real. But let's force the state governors to start bailing out their own citizens first before we concentrate yeah, on the you, you do Thank not you. agree with the protest. But what do how do you that you think that the attention should be paid on the state governors? How do you state achieve governors, that? How do you achieve that? So, if, so 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 the state governors, like I just said to you, you know what I'm saying. Delta is earning 36 billion naira every month. Bayelsa is any 18 billion. River State 28 billion. These states, what is the population in these states? They even earn more than Lagos that earn a lot of a lot of revenues. So if the state decided to spend two two billion every month to subsidize maize, to subsidize rice, to subsidize beans, to subsidize indomie, to subsidize all these things, pay the manufacturers to subsidize these prices so that it can go to every household in the state. If we do that in three months. This crying that everybody is crying, it will be released. All and right. then that way, we can then hold the center and to do more. Thank All you right. very much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much indeed, Adeja. I don't want you for talking to us. And of course, uh, Comrade Festus Osifo, the president of the Trade Union Congress, who spoke to us earlier. But that is our show today on the Mic On Podcast. And I hope that you enjoyed every bit of it and you'll be able to lend your voice and listen again on how we can go forward in this country whether or not the Tinubu government is capable of taming what has become a rising agitations across the land well that's about it today we're hoping a week brings forth a very very good story in our economy in our lives uh all together thanks so much indeed everyone for watching and listening i'm sean wakimali i'll see you next time bye-bye thank you for joining us on this edition of mike on podcast with Shayono Kimbaloy.